Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. Brought to you by Blue Sky Business Consulting. We discuss five questions in about 15 minutes. Hello again, everyone. Glad you can join us for the Team Engagement Podcast. We are always excited to bring on guests every week and talk about teams and leadership. And I'm very excited to welcome our guest from one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world, the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania community. And thanks so much to Dave Schneider for joining us. He is the CEO of shortlist.io. Dave, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast here today. What would you like the audience to know about Shortlist? Hey, Sean, happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Shortlist is an agency for agencies. We help agencies scale their revenue through white label marketing services without the need to add additional overhead. So some of the services that we add are or offer are related to SEO, such as link building. Um, we do website design development. We do content strategy and creation, other little things like keyword research and technical audits, but trying to be focused mainly on agencies. Oh, fantastic. So you're a, a supplemental service for specifically marketing agencies then. Exactly. Fantastic. Very good. All right. Well, let's get started with our questions then today. Our first question, Dave, as you've been building this business, is there a challenge that you've overcome that you're especially proud of? Yeah, I think one of the challenges that we've handled gracefully would be the culture problem with scale. Um, now, that's not to say that our organization is 500 people. There are obviously very you know many milestones that you hit along the way, but we're in kind of the low 20s or so in terms of people. And that's a time when things can start to break down. Um, you can have communication issues. You can have culture clashes. Um, you can have issues with not everybody understanding what the vision and the mission are. Um, and just generally not everybody really liking each other. Um, culture issues usually tend to kind of creep up once you've got uh, beyond those kind of like first early hires. Um, I think we've done really well in this area. Um, Shortlist feels like a family. I just very much kind of went out um, there a, a month ago or so, saw the whole team. We did a team retreat in Turkey. And it's great to see people like outside of the office, um, just interacting, enjoying each other's company, wanting to hang out after hours. Um, and I think that we've just done a good job of choosing the right people and, and putting kind of culture first when it comes to who we kind of allow into the organization and that's helped us grow without um, lots of issues. That is a fantastic answer. I really like that because culture is often overlooked and you're absolutely right. I see that quite a bit with, uh, with clients that I work with as they're growing and especially as they start to kind of scale, that's when things start to break down a little bit. You're exactly right. And so I'm really glad that you've recognized it and that you're to some degree overcome it and are maybe overcoming it. It's an ongoing process. I know that, but uh, that's fantastic. I really like that you've highlighted culture and uh, that you have that family atmosphere within Shortlist. I think that's fantastic. All right. Well, question number two, this kind of goes along with, with the first question. How can leaders help to foster a culture of creativity within the company? Sure. Uh, creativity is super important, um, probably in just about any business, but no less in marketing services where you have to kind of think about the, you know, the client the industry they're in and the nuances of the work that you're doing. Try to think of out of the box ways to get attention, right? Um, I think that an important part is firstly giving employees ownership. Um, people are creative. Many people are creative, but unless they really have ownership over a certain area, they're not really going to be motivated to express that. Um, but what we've done with Shortlist is, you know, I've, to the extent that possible, I try to kind of remove myself from being at the top of every little thing and give employees ownership over specific areas such as our internal inbound marketing or client success 
constant engagement um, or our outbound, um, you know, campaigns. Um, they're somewhat like specific roles, but each of these individuals has their own um they run their own meetings that they run. They have their own KPIs. They get their own time at our monthly state of the business to talk about what they do. They have their own sort of 90 day plan. And that really encourages, I think, creativity because there, someone has a, a sort of, like I said, a, a reason to kind of say, well, why should I try to make this better? Why, you know, because they're getting credit for it. And uh, they also are kind of owning the work and doing it. So I think that Ownership is something that, um, especially kind of in relatively small businesses, you know, the CEO often kind of holds on for maybe a little bit too long, um, but finding good good talent and then giving them space to grow into and real ownership is going to lead uh, to some creative thinking. I agree. I like that a lot. So finding the right talent and giving them that safe space to go create and let them own that. Or delegate it to them, let them own it, take responsibility for it. Fantastic. All right. Question number two, kind of uh, similar, but in a different vein. How can leaders help the team members to learn to trust each other? I think it's really important to recognize each other's achievements publicly. Um, it's one thing for me to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with employees and say, hey, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, et cetera. But if there's not a general consensus that this individual did a great job on XYZ project, um, then they are not necessarily gonna be aware of each other's competencies and the way in which they have excelled and therefore they may not really trust each other. I mean, you know, trust is built from kind of, a, you know, establishing credibility and having someone essentially being given uh, an opportunity and doing well at it. Um, and so because so much of the opportunities often are uh, when the organization gets a little bit bigger, they're not always known across different departments and different kind of workflows. Um, you have to kind of make an effort to publicly acknowledge those. So for example, we have a little Slack channel where we, um, if someone, we think someone's doing a really good job, we'll put out a recognition and kind of say, hey, Mark did, you know, an excellent job at this keyword research. And he got this review from the client. This is a testimony from the client that they gave and here's you know just kind of celebrating that as a whole um we'll do things like an employee of the month and you know at the state of the business kind of recognize um the different achievements that people have done and not only you know are we kind of recognizing an employee of the month but we'll always show like who was nominated and you know and why and all that stuff you know for First of all, employees just in general like recognition. I mean, we all do. Uh, but I also think um, a byproduct of that is also building trust that people realize, wow, you know, this is a team that uh, of A players, so I can count on them when I need them. It's a really good insight, Dave, because I agree completely. When you give that public recognition, that helps them to see, oh, well, Dave, he's the CEO and he appreciated the work and he acknowledges that it was good work. That means that I can trust them as well and work with them. I love that. I think that's a great approach. Um, to to publicly and privately recognize both ways because that, uh, that that does it means a lot to the employees so fantastic all right so as we get to question number four here this is always kind of a tricky one for some folks because they have to reflect on maybe a painful experience but uh, you know as you think back is there a time where you feel comfortable sharing an experience where maybe it started off as kind of a failure, but you turned it into a win. Yeah, I had one kind of recently, and I hope this doesn't come across as contradicting myself earlier about culture. Uh, but for really like almost the first time in five years that I can remember, we had a real conflict between employees. Um, what had happened was two employees uh, during a team retreat had gotten into an argument in a relatively stressful information and some words were exchanged that were you know generally not pleasant. Um, and uh, it became it got to a point where one employee said, you know, I'm just not sure if I'm comfortable going into the office. 
Uh, and basically, uh, it sort of became like an HR problem. Um, but as an organization, you know, of 20 or so people, we don't really have an HR department. It tends to be me um, kind of handling that. And so, you know, firstly, I and I had never also really experienced this type of situation before. Um, so I was a little bit out of my depths, um, but I decided to, you know, think about, well, what, what, what sort of would make sense here? What would I want done if I was in this situation? And I kind of talked to a few people that had, um, you know, seen or witnessed what had gone on, kind of took some informal statements, um, kind of got statements from each of the different parties and uh, got on a call and tried to kind of remedy um, the situation between the two of them, see if I could kind of work out a compromise or an apology. Um, I'd love to say that that was the end of it because it would make me look great, um, but that actually wasn't. Um, they kind of left the call maybe lukewarm, perhaps like a little better, but still not really uh, where they needed to be to kind of go back to comfortably working each other. Uh, it was at this point that I made a call to bring in um, kind of an outside consultant, um, a friend of mine uh, from Philadelphia who has more uh, experience in HR and conflict resolution. And I said, hey, this is a situation. Do you think you can kind of come in, talk with each of them and see what you can do to uh, remedy the situation? And that went really well. Um, I wasn't on those calls, so I don't know exactly what was said between all of them, but um, certainly her expertise combined with the fact that I think each employee saw that we were really like taking this seriously by investing and bringing someone else that it wasn't just me trying to kind of play mediator, but that we had actually kind of brought in a professional um, to to do it. Um, I think just kind of really kicked it into into gear that they they realized where they needed to kind of find common ground and eventually, um, you know, it ended with everybody kind of back in the office and on fairly good terms. So I think that was an area where we really got, we, our culture really got put to the test. You know, I, I had always sort of felt like, oh, we have a good culture, but until, you know, stuff hits the fan and you see things go wrong, you can't really make that statement. This was a time when employees really had some issues with each other. And there were a couple of key decision points along the way, you know, first trying to handle it internally and then recognizing the need for outside help and additional experience. And I felt like um, we did that. And in that way, I think the employees, especially the one who felt like a little bit more of a victim, realized, you know, that, um, you know, that this that we really kind of supported her in this moment. And, and I think, you know, we came out as an organization looking really good. Wow, that's a great story. You touched on so many really good points. First of all, I want to commend you because something that is a temptation for leaders to do in a situation where there's conflict is basically just just ignore it they just oh it'll it'll blow over and, and they'll they'll figure it out and you know, they'll calm down and everything will be fine and that's not usually the case especially if it's especially heated and uh you handled that i think very very well you tried to kind of take care of it on your own and you realized no this isn't going to quite resolve it i need to get some outside help and that's the other thing that i really appreciated about what you said we all run into this from time to time. We run into situations that, you know, we can handle it to some degree, but we need a little bit of outside help. And there's nothing wrong with asking for a little bit of help. And uh, you were really smart to reach out to a friend and to say, hey, help uh, help kind of navigate this. And I think it also helped your two employees that were at odds with each other to see you, as you pointed out, to see you going to the effort to, hey, we really want to work to resolve this. And sometimes that outside third party, they can be a little bit more objective and hear things for the first time without there being any kind of bias in there at all. That can really help as well. So well done on handling that and turning that into a win. So I wish you and the employees luck going forward to continue to build on what you've already built and continue making that and keeping that as a win. I think that's a great example of uh, something that's probably fairly 
raw, a little bit difficult to talk about, but uh, well done. So far, so good is maybe the right way to, to look at it. Last question here, Dave. Tell us a little bit about your first job. The very first job I had was working at the AMC movie theaters. It was a summer job. I was probably around 16, which I think was kind of the minimum age to legally work, uh, at least in my state. And uh, I started behind the concession stand, uh, which is the most lucrative area for the movie theaters because they don't actually make a lot of money on ticket sales. That I think goes to kind of the the, the producers and and everything. So they really make a lot of the money on uh, on uh, you know popcorn and things like that. And there was you know a lot of effort that was kind of drilled into us about, you know, cross-selling and upselling. Uh, you know, if someone goes for popcorn, make sure to offer them a Coke. And they would kind of keep track of employees sort of like, uh, you know, you'd, you'd kind of uh, log into your cash register and they could kind of tell like what your average order value was and things like that. And it was really neat uh, in that sense, sort of the analytical approach that they took and some of the you know best, best practices for a business that they were kind of teaching us. I don't think I understood at the time, but now like years later, I get kind of where that's coming from. So eventually I did move to ticket sales and I moved to uh, ushering and things like that. It was just one summer, but it was that was my first job. Oh, that's great. A fun little add-on question here. Did you see any cool movies that particular summer that, uh, that you very it memorable was a, for whatever reason? It was a weird thing because um, as someone who worked at the movie, I like movies. As someone who, who worked at the movies, I never wanted to go to the movies during that summer because I worked there all day. So I was always sort of like, day. I don't really want to go there. A couple of the movies that came out during that time that were big. Uh, it was Spider-Man came out with like Tobey Maguire. That was a huge one. Um, had I been 18, they had done like a midnight showing for uh, the workers before it was released the next day. Another really popular one that came out was The Notebook uh, with Ryan Gosling. So we would hand out, we would sit outside the, the movie theaters. People would walk out crying and we'd hand them tissues and things. <laughs> that's a clever idea. I never thought of that. That's, that's a good idea. A little empathy to show to the, to the movie goers. Well, very good, Dave. Thank you so much again for taking time to be on the podcast today. And how can people find you? If people would like to get in touch, they can shoot me an email to dave at shortlist.io or just go to our website. Check it out. Fantastic. Once again, everyone, I appreciate uh, your joining us every week for the podcast. We look forward to being with you. This is starting to wrap up our season, season five here. So we're excited to wrap it up and look forward to the next year. There'll be more information on that in our episode next week. So thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also invite you to follow or subscribe to our podcast wherever you may be listening or watching. Is your business thriving? Go to tbs-score.com to find out. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.